Good afternoon, Jamie. Uh, Merry giving, Keith. Merry giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're we're there. We've experienced turkey yeah, oh, yeah. and other I foods. Not, I guess you're not allowed to talk about Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving. It's only Christmas. From yeah, I mean, out. Thanksgiving exists for exactly one day. <laughs> is is how people tend to celebrate That's it right. now. Starting in August, you celebrate Christmas until Thanksgiving Day, and then. You take a break for a day, and then you celebrate Christmas yeah, until except now. Like, except now, now I mean Thanksgiving exists so people can go shopping and ruin the lives of people that don't get to spend it with their families. Anyway, yeah, it's crazy to me that a Black Friday deals start on Wednesday now. <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> just at this point, like stop having just. It's just all noise. Just have the sales it's all noise like at long, this point, man. You know? oh, okay, let's get off the soapbox. Yep, sorry about that. Can, oh, it's okay. Calm How are things, man? Ah, did you have things a, are good. Did you have a break? Speaking of Thanksgiving, uh, I mean, I had the Thanksgiving off and then Black Friday, Friday off, yeah. but I had launched my course at work the the Friday prior, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday were a little more relaxed from from what I had been experiencing the the previous couple of weeks, just trying to button some stuff up. So it still felt like it was it was kind of a uh, a relaxing week for me. Nice, but. Yeah, things went pretty well. First time ever hosting an event at our house since we we built oh, the house last year. Yeah. Uh, it's our first holiday, so we hosted my <laughs> family, and uh, it went off without incident. Is the best way I can. That's put like it. getting a like a pickup truck. Like everybody wants you to move shit, and then once once you get like a, a house, you know you gotta have all the events there. Yeah, it's a it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I it wasn't did bad. You guys do the cooking because we don't have a finish. Uh, we did some of the cooking. Mm-hmm. Like I was very upfront with like, okay, mom. <laughs> Previously in Thanksgiving, you have done most of the cooking. That is because you are mom. I am not. Uh, we have a baby. We don't have the capacity to do all the cooking. We're going to divvy out who brings what. And uh, that worked out fine. Nice. Although nobody volunteered for mashed potatoes. So we had Thanksgiving sans mashed potatoes, which was weird. But I was like, I'm sticking to my guns. I didn't. It wasn't on my list of things that I'm cooking. So That's all Thanksgiving is, is mashed potatoes. So, yeah, we, uh, we don't do Thanksgiving. We do Christmas at our house. So somebody, other people do Thanksgiving. Gotcha. Yeah, it was it was fun experience. The baby did good, and that's about all I can ask for. So good. So yeah, it's nice to have a little bit of a breather from things. But uh, you were working on Chronic some, and mm-hmm. I reviewed it. Well, I guess you were working on our another repo now, right? Yeah. And talk about it. And yeah, I went through the the changes there and doing some review. And I'll be honest with you, I was checking it for like more uh, like obvious mistakes and seeing kind of the general flow of what's going on. I did not go through that thing with a fine uh, tooth comb. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty standard. There, yeah, I mean, it was Phoenix. just the basic getting stuff set up and getting your your DB and stuff. Um, but yeah, go go ahead and walk me through it just so we can talk about it because I'd like yeah, to discuss so it before it's. Uh, I realized I never really explained what the active background stuff is. I explained what it is, um, but I never really explained how we are implementing it um, in previous episodes. So um, what I'm working on is uh, basically the ability to show uh, different backgrounds uh, during your, your timer. So uh, you set a 25 minute timer, it'll show one background. It goes on to the another timer. I'll show a different background, just a way to kind of give uh some visually appealing uh, things while you're uh, using the, the timer. And then uh, the plan is to have um, different effects and stuff that kind of show the progression of the timer over time. And right now all we're starting out with is kind of a progressive enhancement 
uh, image where it kind of enhances uh, as the timer goes on and towards the end, the user will see the final image. Um, gotcha. So it's unblurring, basically. Yes. You're going to gradually see more. I don't know that I would have used progressive enhancement as the word talking to, to web geeks, but... Well, uh, yeah, it has the effect. It has the same effect as a progressive enhancement. It makes me think of uh, um, just this is total silent, but uh, what was that? Super Troopers, where the dudes just like enhance, <laughs> yeah. enhance. So that was sorry, I got a little bit of a sidetrack there. But um, yeah, I always, I always say that when I always say that when somebody sends me like a shitty ass photo, I always go enhance, enhance, and then my wife doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, so I worked on this as a. Uh, as a separate repo, kind of as a like a, a plugin to the base uh, Chronic. So I didn't want to like add this code to Chronic's repo, and I'm treating this as kind of a as a, a separate project. So now we have a separate repo, and all it is right now is a Elixir Phoenix uh, application with GraphQL, and it has one mutation endpoint um, that you call into it. And say, hey, give me give me some media, and what it, what it returns is uh, a media like header that shows like the source uh, URL image, and then stages with times. So at time, you know, thirty seven seconds, it's going to show this image, and at time one thousand seconds, it's going to show this image, and each image has kind of a has a URL that points to kind of a blurred image. Uh, so the way I implemented it right now <clears throat> is I'm imagining s- different sources. Uh, right now, the only source that we're going to support right now is Unsplash. So it goes out and uses Unsplash's API to get a random image from Unsplash. Mm-hmm. And it started out doing that, and then as well as using image magic to blur the image uh, progressively through, through the time. When I did that, I did that all within that mutation. Uh, it took like, depending on how length, how long the timer was, it took anywhere from 10 seconds or one second to 40 seconds. And obviously you can't do that because the idea is that we're going to call into this API when the timer starts. Uh, and so it needs to start getting images. So I didn't check that part in where I'm using the image magic. Uh, what I am doing. Okay. I was about to ask because I, I was like, I didn't see any yeah. of that. I don't know what yeah. he's talking about. That's what I spent like Monday of last week doing is like basically created the whole app uh, and then found out that this isn't doable. And uh, I'm using an, um, an applic- or a, a package, a hex package in Elixir called Arc, which is basically a uh, carrier wave in Ruby, if you can think of that. And um, Okay. The cool thing with that is uh, it can basically give you the URL. Uh, in this instance, we're storing it on S3. Uh, we may change the, the location later. I think last week we talked about, or last time we talked about um, using DigitalOcean stuff, um, which has the same API as S3. But it, it gives you this uh, ability to create the URL before actually the URL exists. So... Um, that's what we're doing. So right now, when you call into the API, it gives you the media and it gives you the stages. And all those stages have URLs, except nothing is at those URLs yet. Oh, clever. Yeah. Gotcha. You're just like, this is where I'm going to exactly. put them. Exactly. This is where I'm going to put them. And um, that PR, I don't think you've seen, by the way. 
that appears. I think I saw a little bit of it, but it was based off of the branch that I hadn't merged yet. So I was going to wait for you to rebase it so I could see just the changes. Which I've done. So now I'm working on kind of the final part of that in, in the background, in the background job. So when you call into this endpoint, it'll start off a background job and start manipulating those images, starting with the first image that the user needs. Um, okay. In order to do this, I started looking into Broadway. Have you looked into Broadway yet? I have not looked into Broadway. It's a it's a layer on top of Gen Stage, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, and it basically allows like message queuing and consumption. Um, okay. And they have two adapters right now. Um, I don't. Oh, they're calling them producers. So. In Gen Stage and in uh, Broadway, there's producers and consumers where um, a producer watches for events to come in, transforms those into these message structures, and then the con- and then will pass that based on demand to various consumers, which are just basically Gen servers or agents, however you want to look at those in Elixir. Gotcha. It's an event bus, right? Am I thinking it's right thing? basically an event bus. Yep. Um, okay. the confusing part, the documentation is really good, except when it comes to producers. Um, and the reason it's called Broadway is because there's producers and stages and that's pretty, pretty clever. Yeah. They're pretty good at naming yeah. things. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. So, uh, and actually they have two unofficially supported producers, one for Redis and the other one for something else. Um, and they call those, is it amnesia or something? They call those, uh, off Broadway. Uh, producers. Oh, clever. Nice. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, but to be honest, I think I've come to the conclusion this morning that that's probably overkill. And the reason I wanted to use Broadway is just because I wanted to use Broadway <laughs> and check it out. Yeah. I don't think we have enough. Uh, we won't have enough events for us to need an event bus of that caliber. Exactly. Like, and complexity. And I'm using it more as like a background job thing rather than an event yeah. bus. And, mm-hmm. um, so one of the things that they don't show you in the documentation is like how to produce stuff. And the reason they don't show you that is because it's, it's however you want to produce stuff. So one of their producers is Amazon SQS and another one is RabbitMQ. And so it just watches SQS for an event and then the producer will grab that, transform that and all that. So you need something else to put that event in there. And I didn't want to go down that path. So I think I've settled on, and I want to get your feedback on this, but I think I've settled on using, um, oh shoot, what is it called? XQ, I believe, which is basically the sidekick for Elixir. So I'm really confused by this because I don't think Elixir needs sidekicks. We have processes. Well, like, yes, yes. So we could implement our own, like just using agents, and doing it that way as well. The reason I like XQ is because you get kind of the visual side of that. Like you can see queues. You oh, it has a dashboard. It has a dashboard. It has everything basically Sidekick has. It has okay, yeah. Because the only thing I would be concerned about is the ability to replay a background task that failed. Yeah, exactly. If it somehow failed, like we, that's the one thing you would lose if you were just build using an agent, but then you would just have, you would have to build that into a supervisor for the agent yep. to be able and to now do Broadway it. has that as well. So Broadway has the ability to like move stuff to failed queues and, and process queues and all those things. So that's, cool. that's where I was at. I was like, eh, I could use this. Uh, it's very simple, straightforward, throw it in there. Or we could just create a gen server and do it that way. 
I bet behind the scenes XQ is not really that complicated. I bet you. I bet you it's not either. I bet you it <laughs> like, is. Just based on all the primitives we have in Elixir to build this, it would not have to be that complicated. And if we don't have to write it, let's not write it. That's the way I yeah. kind of look at it. Yeah. So that that's a good point. I could start off actually. Maybe a better idea would be starting off as as just using agents or a gen server or something, and just using these because there's there's kind of a two step process. One is to download the image. So uh, from Unsplash, download the image, store it locally, run it through Image Magic, and for each. So by the time it gets to this, I'll know how many stages we need because that has already been calculated out, and those stages mm-hmm. are in the database and they're stored. And so we would just say, okay, hey, this needs 32 stages, and so the blur needs to be this, and the radius needs to be this, which I've already figured out. And so. Uh, we just need to download the image from Unsplash, store it locally, and then run these uh, images through um, Image Magic, and then upload them to S3. Okay, I think I just inadvertently talked you out of using XQ when I was like, "Yeah, XQ sounds good. Let's do that." I don't know. I, I'm okay. Yeah, you were like, "Oh, maybe I'll just do it as agents or whatever," and I was like, "I just agreed with your choice, and you decided to back up." Yeah, but I, I like you. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I like your choice. Like, I thought of that as well. So I don't know. I don't know really where to go from this. Um, I know that I could get XQ up and running in a shorter time than testing around a gen server, I think. Yeah, I, I would say probably just go with that unless you want to figure out like you just want the experience of writing the gen. That is the nice thing about us not being super versed in mm-hmm. Elixir is like sometimes it's good for us to just build it ourselves mm-hmm. so that we have the experience of building yeah, it ourselves. That's, that's really why I wanted the Broadway route. And I was like, yeah, just to be like, I want to use this because I want to know how it works. Exactly. So cool. Yeah. I think I'll, uh, huh. I don't know which direction I'd go. I'll go. Yeah. That's all of you. So anyway, uh, whatever you decide on, we'll, I'll let you know next time. But, um, uh, that's pretty much all that's left. And then we should have, um, background images in chronic. Um, sweet. Yeah. And I think I may actually implement another, uh, source and I kind of want to implement um, Giphy. So just a random GIF that gets thrown in there that just replays over and over. I don't know what that would look like. You're going to have blurry GIFs? No, no, no. Not not blurry. Just I was like, does that GIFs. work? I don't... Or like replay various GIFs or have various different GIFs. Why the... Oh, wait. So would each state in a GIF situation, would the stage just be the same GIF every yeah, time? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It would just be one stage that's a GIF. I don't know how annoying that would be, though, <laughs> over and over. Oh, it depends on what the same, GIF is. Yeah, exactly. So that was just an idea I had. I thought you were going to like gradually reveal the GIF to no. them. Like they're just, no they just like seeing a blur wiggle around and then eventually they <laughs> see something. A blur real. wiggle around. I think we just... Yeah, and then they see Left Shark. Yeah, I like, think we just named the, the episode... Yeah, so that's what I've been working on. That took uh, like two days last week. Uh, and then I've been researching Broadway. I didn't really work a lot on Wednesday and, and Friday. So uh, my whole week off was kind of kind of not well used. Um, did some other things as well. But yeah, it was uh, once I got to the to the like actual implementation of, of using Broadway, I was like, oh, I got to do some research. And mm-hmm. that's when I lost 
lost a lot of focus. But yeah, I like that you're like, oh yeah, it really wasn't that good, and I'm about to be like, oh hey, by the way, I didn't do anything. <laughs> so that's just to really pep you back. I did up. find a few bugs. Uh, one in the app, in the app, one is uh, it's still not remembering login information after I don't know a day or so. So I got to figure that out. And then the other thing I saw was uh, once the app. Um, once it goes to sleep, the device goes to sleep, the app doesn't reconnect when the device wakes up. So you have to like shut down the app and open it back up. The mobile app you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. Okay. So I added those. Yeah, I think I have the same problem on the going to sleep bit. Mm-hmm. Actually, I know I have that because I didn't implement the heartbeat thing. So like mine will actually just disconnect after a mm-hmm. minute. Mm-hmm. Which it why does that not happen when you're connected to localhost? Uh, it should happen when you're connected to localhost, unless you have, I don't know what, what setting you. Yeah. For whatever reason, I can go through a whole 25 minute timer without it ever disconnecting when I'm just like working locally, hmm. when I'm like running it on my Mac and, uh, connected to localhost, it never times out. Like it never needs a heartbeat, none of that stuff. So that's why when I launched the real one connected to the production API I, and it died after a minute, I was so confused. That's really weird. I don't remember working yeah, on localhost. I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah, I wonder if localhost doesn't follow those same standard normal WebSocket specs, but uh, I mm-hmm. could have swore it did. So, yeah, that might be weird. It might be, yeah. I don't know, maybe something in your app is hitting the heartbeat. I don't mm. know. I don't think so, but I don't know. I'll, I have to dig into it still. I haven't yeah, really be, gotten around to it. But knowing what you find there. My last week, like I said, I was in between courses and I wanted to do some, uh, try something new in my next course. So I've been kind of working on a uh, sort of site to go go along with the course, but I wanted to build sort of a foundational tool to allow us to create these things really, really quickly uh, as a whole. And so I've been using Gatsby with MDX uh, as the way of going about this. And for one, Gatsby is awesome. Gatsby is awesome. What's MDX? MDX is Markdown where you can use React components in it when you need them. Oh, neat. So, so like I can create a library of custom components that's like, uh, so I can like write an article for this, like the site that goes along with the course, Maseyu, and I need an interactive component in there. Like that's like a modal or something, but I'm not a programmer um, normally. So somebody else is consuming this. I can have a storybook that ships with this thing that says like, oh, here it is. Here's how you would create this modal with the stuff inside. You can grab that and just put it into an MDX document and you'll have interactivity where you would previously be creating static content. Does that come out of the box as like a, um, a source for Gatsby? Uh, there's a Gatsby okay, MDX plugin. plugin. Like MDX is mentioned specifically in Gatsby's docs yeah. as as one of the things. So that was actually kind of what turned me on to it, I think. Uh, but it, yeah, the plugin's really not that bad. I've, I'm doing some interesting things where I need to build out dynamic navigation for the site based off of uh, directory structure and, and stuff so that nobody needs to know. Like by the time I'm done with this, I want somebody to just be like, oh, I just create folders uh, with prefixed numbers to them to indicate like what order they should show up in the navigation to kind of walk you through something and they can have subsections and things with that. And it'll build out the navigation and do all that business from it. And so uh, I had to work with the Gatsby node API to like create the nodes and stuff based Mm -hmm. on things and on the file system and do all that. And the experience was really good. Yeah. Like there were some things that were a little bit weird. Like it automatically created slugs that were ugly based on the name of the of the file. And since I'm doing this like number prefixing thing to indicate order, 
that was irritating to me. I wanted cleaner slugs. So figuring out how to delete the other pages that it had created and create new ones was a little bit of a struggle. But once I got that all figured out, that was pretty cool. But then after I'm done with that, I'm back into normal old, I need to do front end development territory (laughs) and I'm trying to use styled components. Oh, nice. And the things that get me with styled components and why I really wanted to talk to you about this, because I know you have a lot of experience with styled components are that I'd like, where they're going right but there are certain things like i have no idea what i'm supposed to do for like global styles do i still just use a style sheet or is there some other way i'm supposed to go about doing this to make it as styled component react specific as i can there are global styles for in style components it's basically just a uh, json hash or json object of of just regular like what you would put in styled components Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I think I saw that it's a component that they have that is just global yep. styles. Yep. Exactly. And however I tried to use it, it did like, didn't work. And so I must've put it in the wrong spot somewhere. Yeah. And cause I'm like, does it go in the head? Like, how do I even interact with the head if I'm, you know, doing this stuff or is it just go in the body somehow? And then I looked into like helmet, whatever that is. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I remember creating uh, just a file called global styles. And then I loaded that, imported that somewhere probably in the application or uh, around the theme provider, maybe somewhere around that. Yeah. I like, I like style components. I'm a real big fan of like tailwind, uh, like everybody in the world yeah. now. Um, so if I would do a new, so anti-styled components, No, I still love, <laughs> I mean, the idea of style components works with the idea of tailwind, except that it's not, it, it, they're both uh, confined to the actual component. So I like that, except, you know, Tailwind's utility-based and style components is, is still class-based, so. Yeah. Well, wait, hold on. Isn't, isn't Tailwind class-based, though? It's like, it's basically Bootstrap's idea of, of classes to do everything, except for it's dynamic, and it's, you know, almost, it's kind of like Atomic CSS is what I was thinking. Am I right about that, or am I wrong? I think you're, I don't know about Atomic CSS, but. Atomic CSS basically like each class modifies one thing and there are various variations. There's no, there's of those no things. classes. It uses, um, you just always, uh, fill out style. So you say, you know, this has a border, uh, width of, of two and a border color of, you know, teal one, 100 and whatever fonts. Wait, that's not how, ta- that's how tail yes. works. Yep. You, you never fill out. I thought you never use class names. Now you can use class names if you want to create a class and use their Tailwind apply um, uh, pre-pro- CSS preprocessor methody thingy. But yeah, it's always styles. I'm gonna have to look this up because last time I checked out Tailwind, I swore Tailwind it was always a thing worked, where you're Tailwind just like, has always worked like this. Yeah, there's a bunch I'm of uh, videos that Adam Waffen creates. Like he's, uh, I think his latest one is he uh, created a tuple pricing page. Uh, it's just, uh, I just like the way it works. Like, I just like, you know, obviously if you're in a real world app, uh, you know, he fires up HTML and just uses, you know, a a local server just to serve up just HTML an HTML page. But if you were to break this out and use components, obviously those, that duplication would not exist. So if you have, you know, a card here and a card there, you wouldn't copy you know, the styles. So when people say, well, those styles are going to get out of hand. Well, in the real world, if you're using components, those styles are going to stay with the components. So you're not going to be duplicating those styles everywhere. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm running into. So I'm looking at Tailwind's docs and it is 100% classes all the way down. Uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm talking HTML classes. No, you like, never, you never say class equals. You always, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant, I meant, I'm sorry. You are, you are right. You put it in the class, but it's utility based classes. So you don't say like, yeah. this is, um, you know, my header, uh, or my primary no, header. No, it's always like, yeah, it's like yeah, atomic CSS yeah. in the sense that you're like, oh, I want this, like the d- display right. of this to be, you flex. don't create when I, so. when I said it's not class-based, I'm saying you don't create classes in some separate file and, and use those. You can, you can use their apply thingy. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. There we go. We're yes. on the same page. Sorry. I'm like, dude, yeah. no, this is like, you have 30,000 yeah. classes on each no. individual component in yes. Tailwind. I don't know what you're exactly. talking about, yes. but okay, there we go. Now we're on the same yes. page. So, okay. So this are you, you're using Tailwind's. Yeah. How would you use Tailwind in conjunction with styled components? If you explain this to me while I was looking up Tailwind, I apologize. Um, I don't think you can. That's the, that's the thing. Okay. I, I would like, and I don't know what that would look like. I've, I've thought about this as well. Like I like style, uh, style components, but um, I think you would just use the class name uh, attribute in in um, in uh, React. So uh, it wouldn't be as clean as like I like how style components. You can just look at the style component and you basically see a CSS, a mini CSS mm-hmm. uh, file for that. I would like yeah. to have something like that. So you have like a mini little CSS and this, this has all the tailwind attributes classes in there, um, which you can sort of do, but you have to use the apply stuff. So I would like to just say, Hey, this component has border W two and whatever. So, uh, I don't think you yeah, can. Maybe I'll go with this actually <laughs> tailwind. Sorry. Now that I, cause I'm, I've been a little anti-styled components because I hate the idea that I have to create a component every time I'm like, this is an anchor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're using like capital mm-hmm. a as your thing. Like I like the HTML to just be HTML most of the time, which is probably a little anti react or whatever, but yeah. I want what I'm showing in the component a lot of times to be as close as possible to the eventual thing that's going to be output to the yeah, page, but I think- especially when I'm you're getting to your like leaf nodes, if you will, like those, the components yep. that are the ones that don't render other components. Yeah. And those you, you know, you build up your library of those eventually. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of nice, you know, later. So you have the same styles. Um, and I would actually treat, even if I was using Tailwind, I would probably still would have an anchor React function that 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 would. Just, oh, I see what you know? you're saying. Yeah, that just renders Tailwind. out a pre-styled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good idea. I think I could get behind yeah. that. Maybe. I, I think I don't know. You know, that's something. Although th- then you get into the situation where you're just like, why don't you just use global styles for for stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's this is why I suck at front end development always is because every single time I'm working on something, something else comes along. And I don't think I have like shiny object syndrome too bad, uh, except for when I'm doing front end stuff, because I'm always second guessing myself. Well, all front end stuff is always shiny, always (laughs) doing it wrong. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, oh, it it really stresses me. But Gatsby is awesome, man. I've using I'm using that for my uh company site i've used it for for other sites it's, it's really nice especially with like the content coming from uh you know whatever you want so we've used contentful mm-hmm. or github pages um things like that yeah it's pretty yeah. neat like the the thing i'm working on is actually it's all local to it 
but I'm packaging the all of the Gatsby application side of things into a Docker image so that all it takes for somebody who knows nothing about React, nothing about Gatsby, nothing about any of this stuff to work with is they just like download a repo that has a pages folder, an images folder, and a uh like a config JS file and a Docker compose file. And like, those are the only things they need to like get up and running with a single command, like quickly iterating on these things locally. Jamstack. Jamstack. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Like I, it also, some of the stuff that comes with like the image thing in Gatsby, just the fact that it like automatically has various variations of it. So it can do the progressive enhancement that you're talking about. Like the fact that that's out of the box. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I could afford to use this on like Coder Journey site, which I know has like an image bloat problem because I never invested the time to create, you know, source sets yeah. for things and various resolutions on all of these things. I'm like, dude, do I need to rewrite Coder Journey? That's website? awesome. But that'll be uh, awesome. So there's, yeah, there's just things like that. You're like, ah, oh, man, that's right there. And I'm glad that somebody's finally putting these out there for other people to just use off the bat. And the fact that you can have multiple data sources all coming from mm-hmm. GraphQL is pretty mm-hmm. neat. It's a little mind boggling at first when you realize you're using GraphQL, but you don't have a server yeah. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Uh, that one gets a little weird, but yeah, I, I've been having a pretty good experience with it. And I'm glad uh, we, we were able to talk about this because you were able to make me, you know, second guess myself on the uh, how I should do the design side of this thing already. So that's cool. cool. Is this like Let's an officially functioned or is this like in a skunk works? Type uh, of? And uh, this is kind of I'm building it for my course. Uh-huh. Um we have more freedom than than uh, you'd think on certain things. So yeah, I'm I'm building this because I think it would be a, a cool change to to how we go about doing some things, and it would really fit into my workflow and other people's workflows. So I think it would be be pretty cool. As of right now, it's really just like an experiment. That's cool. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited to kind of continue working on it and. Yeah, I think I've picked good tools for the job, mm-hmm, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And I know tools don't make the thing good, but they are at least kind of getting out of my way so that I can make a decent tool for other people and myself so that I don't have to think about so many things when I want to create a, a decent looking sort of one-off website. Yeah, yeah Gatsby's, Gatsby's awesome. Cool, man. All right. Well, that's all I had to talk about. Nice. Today. Well, we're at uh, 30 minutes, so we should uh, yeah, good timing. wrap it up. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you in a few weeks. Sounds good. Bye. Peace.